So, Elena Damanska, welcome to Living Proof. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. So, I am in Cambridge at the Isaac Newton Institute. Uh, where are you at the moment? Um, currently, I am near Manchester. I live uh, not far away from Manchester, 30 kilometres uh, to the south of it, in the small village Bramhall, but a beautiful one. Actually, I love it being here a lot. Uh, how, did you know the area before you moved to it? Have you been to that part of the world before? Uh, I've been to the UK once while uh, doing my PhD, but not here, not near Manchester, no. No, well, it's a, it's a very bold and beautiful part of the country, I, uh, I believe, so I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, we're speaking to you, Elena, because you are one of uh, quite a few people now who have taken part in the Solidarity for Mathematicians programme. And uh, for those that don't know, that provides refuge for mathematicians and other scientists who have had to flee their home country. Uh, that could be for persecution or, or other reasons. So it would be really interesting to hear about your experience of that. Um, tell me, what led you to seek out the Solidarity Programme? What led you to apply for it? Okay, thank you for your interest in my story. And yeah, and thank you for this opportunity provided by the Solidarity for Mathematicians Programme. So my journey uh, to the UK and to the Solidarity Programme started basically on that terrible, fateful day, February 24th in 2022. So um, I vividly remember that day, being awakened by my husband early in the morning, it was 4 a.m., I believe, and he said, wake up, the full-scale war started against us. So I remember children were still asleep and totally unaware of what's going to happen with their lives, and that they were about to change everything, to leave their home, their friends, school, basically everything they loved so much, at least for years. So right now it's, it's almost two years. And I recall sirens constantly wailing outside and the panic and this, you know, overwhelming sense of urgency that, you know, simply paralyzed myself and everyone around me. And I understood that there was so much to do and so much to think about but because of this, you know, panic, this chaos around us, it was difficult even to take a step and, you know, to, to move, to do something. Uh, the only thing that we could all do was checking the news thread, understanding what was going on and trying to, to think around what's going on. So, and back then the, the news hinted at the risk of um, Ukraine being encircled and, uh, you know, a high chance of... Uh, facing a blockade. And basically, as you know, uh, many Ukrainian uh, cities did face this afterwards, and it's even difficult to imagine what people went through during those times. And, that, uh, and thus, we had to make a, different, uh, a difficult uh, choice to stay or to leave, basically. And basically, it was very tough for, uh, for ourselves because uh, we knew that we couldn't take everyone with us, with my own family of seven people and my husband's mother and my parents. Everyone will not just fit in one car. And, you know, it felt like one of those horrible riddles when you must choose whom to take, uh, whom to take and whom to leave behind. And uh, then we instructed the children to pack, uh, saying that we are leaving 
home for, for maybe for a week or two um, until everything is settled down. Uh, and again, in the middle of all that, I spoke to my parents, but uh, uh, my parents decided to stay. Uh, you know, my mother, uh, she's a school uh, head teacher, and she simply couldn't abandon her students, educational process. And basically, to this day, they are still uh, in the country, remain to be in Ukraine, help people. I'm, to be honest, I'm very proud of my, my parents, my mother in particular, for, for that courage, dedication, and even self-sacrifice uh, for those children, refugees, and evacuees. Um, because soon after the war started, schools started to accommodate displaced individuals. And basically, they lost everything. They lost their homes, their possess possessions, their friends, their relatives. They had nothing. And uh, back then, they just slept on the floor in the school's gym. And uh, every morning, my father would drive to various volunteer centers to bring food and clothing to these people. And mama, my mother organized her own fund. So um, she organized making dumplings, camouflage nets, uh, and just um, tried to provide some support and hope for those people. But back to that day, I realized that my parents wouldn't leave. And so, so we took children, my mother-in-law, and set off. And basically, we didn't know even where to go because we had nothing to go, nowhere to go, right? So no one awaited us. So we just decided to, to, uh, to drive uh, to the Polish border. And I remember the queue uh, to cross the border, uh, the border with, Pol uh, with Poland was about 30 kilometers. And can you imagine 30 kilometers of cars and people were desperate to save their children, their friends, their beloved ones. And uh, we understood that it would probably take days, if not weeks, you know, of waiting. And the journey was long indeed, but eventually we found ourselves in Poland, in Krakow, and it felt much better. And then our angels began to emerge on our way. And first it was... Um, amazing family, Natalie Kershaw and Adam Burton, and very kind people. They opened their home to us and provided us a heaven in the UK. And that was this Homes for Ukraine scheme. And they provided uh, incredible support to us. And we understood that we are not alone. There are um, incredible people around uh, wanted to help us. And that built a confidence in us, you know, to move forward. And uh, basically they did so much for our family that I can't even say how grateful, grateful I am for that. But moving closer to the solidarity program. When we arrived in the UK, many people simply wanted to help and uh, often asking what they can do for us, how they can be helpful. And, and back then I was really interested in continuing what I'm good at and what I was passionate about and I am passionate about. So, and that's uh, doing mathematical research. Yeah, so to be honest, I was uh, always passionate about mathematics and that led me to uh, pursue a PhD in differential equations. Uh, so I did it back in Ukraine. 
And as I said already, during my PhD, I had an amazing chance to visit the United Kingdom and present my research at the Isaac Newton Institute in Cambridge, where you are right now. So I was inspired by the talented mathematicians and their brilliant ideas. Um, and back then, thinking about the collaboration and opportunity to work in a team with the leading mathematicians was just like a dream for myself. And I remember mentioning this in conversation with one lady who came to us, Alexia, saying that, uh, you know, I would be very uh, interested and uh, uh, very happy to collaborate with these brilliant minds, with, uh, 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 with um, uh, UK mathematicians. And she said, okay, let's see what we can do. And uh, she introduced myself to Professor, uh, Professor Andrew Hazel head of the Department of Mathematics at Manchester University. And then Professor Hazel introduced myself to the Solidarity Program. As you said, this stepping stone for uh, displaced mathematicians like myself. And uh, basically this opportunity for people like me to continue their work and their mathematical research in a safe place in the UK. And um, yeah, so Professor Hazel encouraged me to apply to this program and uh, even offered to act like a host institution. And his support has been and uh, is right now invaluable. So back then he introduced myself to the department, helped to integrate into the mathematical society and uh, even facilitated my research under the supervision of Professor Yang Han Huang. And still during my time um, in the solidarity program, life took uh, an incredible turn. And I was blessed with the arrival of my second daughter, uh, making her baby number five in my family. So I've got five uh, children in total. Uh, so this somewhat slowed down my research progress. Uh, however, despite even these uh, additional uh, responsibilities, um, I was able to publish three articles as a result of my research. And basically, I think that um, it was a fruitful outcomes even for this, uh, for this somewhat difficult, difficult and um, uh, full of events year. And then as a deadline of the first year of the program approached, I recall my visit to Professor Hazel. I intended just to express my gratitude for all the support and associate, uh, assistance he provided and uh, highlighting the wonderful experience I had, uh, all the communication network, etc. And then I mentioned that I still had some ideas yet to explore. And uh, it was during that conversation that Professor Hazel said, um, you know what, let's see what we can do. Um, and given the unique circumstances, he proposed the possibility of extending the program even further for one more year. And that's how we ended up applying for one more year for the extension of this program. And ultimately, the extension was successfully approved and bringing us to where we are right now, uh, my second year on the program. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for the support I received and for the opportunity to continue my academic work, thanks to this uh, INI Solidarity Program for Mathematicians. Thank you very much for sharing that story, Elena, because that was absolutely fascinating in, in every sense. Um, 
I'm really interested to know about your research. Tell me, what's your field and, and what kind of work are you undertaking? Yeah, so I started my research in the field of differential equations. But then, um, you know, as the life progressed, I got involved into artificial intelligence. And right now, my focus is at the intercept of differential equation and artificial, uh, uh, artificial intelligence. And uh, yeah, I'm researching neural networks with, um, with the understanding how differential equations can help with that. You seemingly are doing very well at navigating all of those challenges. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Because putting aside the fact that you have had to leave your home country, you're finding yourself in, in the UK and uh, you have this large and growing family, but you're still managing to keep your research going. What, what advice would you give to anyone who's trying to do that themselves? Yeah, so first of all, uh, it's your uh, passion about something. It's something that uh, you feel um, that uh, is fulfilling you and keeping you going forward. So uh, I've got, uh, uh, speaking about myself, I've got a lot of help from my family, from from my uh, mother, from my mother-in-law, from my children. And that's what helps me a lot. But for other people uh, who are in the situation like mine, facing tough times or um, expecting uh, or um, just uh, some challenges, having some challenges, I would like to say just keep going, keep moving no matter what. Accept any help that comes on your your end, on your way. And don't be afraid to learn new new things, to ask for help. Because your skills and uh, who you are and what you are good at are valuable whenever you are, even if you are not at home. So this program I'm in right now is amazing. It's not just about research. It's also about connections, about networks. It's bringing countries closer together. And I think it's a good chance to make strong connections and to build relationships between different nations, different countries, and to build a good future uh, together right now. Even though it's, you know, it's a tough time, but it's also an opportunity. Just don't afraid to pick it up and to go ahead. That seems very obvious from what a success you're making of your time in Manchester. Obviously, you still have a lot of family and contacts uh, back home in Ukraine. What was your hometown? Where did you leave? Leave. It's ah. the west part of Ukraine. Yeah. Um, so your your uh, parents are still there. I think you said your mother's still there with her school. Um, how do you feel about... Uh, this may be a very silly question, so I do apologise if it comes across that way. What are your feelings about Ukraine at the moment? Do you... Do you miss your life there terribly or are you so engrossed in your life here that that helps to suppress that homesickness? No, I'm terribly missing my country, my relatives, my friends, my parents. And um, this is uh, uh, my, my, you know, the, the best desire to go back to Ukraine and um, uh, to proceed my, love, uh, my life there. My children uh, wants to go, uh, want to go back home with all of their hearts you know so i feel very sorry of uh, what's going on right now in ukraine i wish that uh, um, the victory will come soon and uh, all the people will have the possibility to go back to ukraine to rebuild it and to make it a you know incredible country Uh, we were so proud to live in and 
I'm sure we will be happy to live in in the, the nearest future. Well, you'll be a sad loss to prison, I'm sure, because uh, it sounds like you're contributing a huge amount. Um, tell me, what does the immediate future hold for you? So your your work seems to be going very well. Um, I, although you say your children uh, clearly miss uh, Ukraine, I I hope that they're enjoying their time at whatever school they're attending. But what um, what does the rest of January and the and the forthcoming month of February hold for you? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, daily routine right now here in the UK. But uh, <clears throat> but of course we have Ukraine in our heart, and uh, we try to preserve Ukrainian traditions, and uh, uh, we try to raise our children proud patriots of our country, um, and you know uh, keep going, keep working, but remember who you are and. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, try to uh, to work better for the better future, and, and hopefully in our country. An inspiring thought. Um, do you know any other Ukrainians in your life at the moment? Any others who are living in the Manchester area? Yes, yes, we do have community here. Great people living nearby. We try to uh, uh, to have some events together, uh, to spend some time uh, together. Um, the UK was a great place for Ukrainians, you know, uh, and uh, there are many families right now living here and um, finding this place like a heaven um, for themselves. So um, we are not alone here and we are having uh, um, our children ha- uh, have a, a good childhood with, uh, you know, with uh, normal uh, days, not uh, hiding in the shelters, but having some joy, friends, the opportunity to have a good education. We are very grateful for this, for the UK and for all the people around us. And, and one final question. Um, how old is your second daughter? She is eight months right now. Eight months. Okay, so <laughs> probably slightly past the worst of it, but there's plenty of hard work yet to come. <laughs> I say worst and best. You know, there's wonderful things, aren't there, about having a, a young child, but um, getting absolutely no sleep is not one of them. So uh, I think you're doing extremely well. Um, Elena, it's been a, a real pleasure to talk to you. Um, and I, I wish you all the best. I hope that we hear more from you and your work uh, on the Solidarity Programme. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. It was real joy to talk to you.